If you stop going to the gym, your health will deteriorate. If you stop working on your mindset, your mindset will deteriorate. You can't do all the work now and be okay for the rest of your life. That's not how it works. And people think that they can get to this like utopia of, oh, I'll never suffer now because I'm, I'm David Goggins, I'm hard as nails. And no, it's not how it works. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Stay Hungry podcast. It's Joel and Martha and today we're talking about business mindset mastery. Martha, I wrote this title and it sounds like marketing bollocks. <laughs> I'm on the wrong side. Business mindset mastery, what the hell's that? I have no idea. Okay, well, I think when I wrote it, I meant it's about, uh, as with anything, if you're, if you're a top level athlete, top level entrepreneur, author, whatever you you got to be on top of your mindset to to achieve greatness and fortunately for you if you are most people aren't ever like I, I see it all the time like if my phone rings and I answer most of those people are ringing me to have a moan about something not clients I mean like family members friends ringing me to have a moan about something like is this good for you is this good for me are we gaining anything here are we progressing in life and that's not the same as like I, heaven forbid someone needed to ring me to get something off their chest because they're struggling that's different but if someone rings me up to tell me that their neighbor's cat's shat in their garden like come on like we've all got, like i'll give you an example before i blab on too long <laughs> i'm in an online chat and it's a group chat on WhatsApp, and I don't know why I said an online chat, I like late 90s or something. Um, I'm in a group chat on WhatsApp, and the one girl in the group does a lot of Vinted, and, and she's sending various things out, and one customer wasn't happy with how something arrived. And basically, crux of it was it was going to cost this girl £3.50, and she was banging on in this group chat and showing screenshots of what she'd said to customer services and stuff. I've gone full Karen... I'm going to Karen, I'm Karen Zilla. I'm going to Karen the shit out of these people. And I was sat there like, £3.50. Like, look how much energy you're putting into this. Like, you're, and you're bringing like, a, there's like 30 people in this group chat. And I mean, you're bringing everyone else down as well, banging on about something for £3.50. I was like, fucking hell. I've got like, serious problems in my life and I'm not moaning about them in this chat. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think you cannot put a price on your happiness and like your wellness. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah. you control it. That's the tough bit that people struggle with. When you turn around to them and say, you're responsible for your own like well-being. Yeah, so I have to sometimes write things off as like idiot tax because I'm like, I cannot sit and fester about this amount of money that I've just, I don't know, Lost. I've dropped fifty quid on the ground, which isn't a lot of money, but you would put would put you in a bad mood. It's enough. Yeah, I'd be annoyed if yeah. I dropped fifty quid. But I, I just have to be like, no, that's idiot tax. I cannot let this yeah. get on top of me. Yeah, because... yeah. So, I mean, you're well aware. I crashed my car in October last year. It's August now. I haven't got it back from the insurer. Ultimately, for me to cope with that, because there's been a lot of back and forth and pissing about, I have to put it down to idiot tax. I was like. Well, you crushed it in the first place. So just suffer it. It's only money at the end of the day. I can't lease payments, insurance, all in now. I'm like 11 grand down. 
most people would be upset for losing 11 grand. Most normal people would find 11 grand hard to deal with. But I can't allow it to ruin my energy. I've got too many other responsibilities. Like, life's... Why would I lose 10 months of my life to worrying about a car? Now, this is very much new Joel speaking because five years ago I would have been completely consumed by this situation. So I'm not... This is... This podcast episode is not a judgment on people who aren't there yet. But this is kind of how I've found a way. So like the growth mindset thing, um, kind of stage one of your business mindset mastery as such, is managing your energy. Andy's favourite thing, where your energy, where your, what is it? Attention goes, your energy flows. It's not Andy. Andy's quoting someone Uh, else. But yeah, where your attention goes, your energy flows. And there's various like... Variations uh, of it. Yeah, but... People have coined their own phrases. Yeah. You... But it's true. Like, if you want to focus on the bad things in the day... And like, I am the, like, I can be the person that's like, oh, my whole day's ruined. But I have to really, really work on just putting that in a box. Yeah, yeah. And like it, it's it's a daily thing, and like I have to chat to Andy all the time about mindset stuff because it's not a. I've read a few books and I'm there now. It's like an every day you've got to. It's, it's like going to the gym. If you stop going to the gym, your health will deteriorate. If you stop working on your mindset, your mindset will deteriorate. It's it's not. You can't do all the work now and be okay for the rest of your life that's not how it works and people think that they can get to this like utopia of oh, i'll never suffer now because i'm i'm david goggins i'm hard as nails and no it's not how it works like and the more you try and succeed and the more you try and achieve in life the higher the pressure gets and the more shit that gets thrown at you so you have to become more resilient so having that energy management that ability to like we like this is a very fucking extreme example but like we had a situation last year where i'd found out that my dad had tried to commit suicide in prison i still showed up for everyone at work and all of our clients had to had to and that's energy management that's me not sucking it up i was hurting it was horrible but coming in and and compartmentalizing saying like i can't do anything about that is in safe hands is being looked after but these people here need me and they need me to be better than 50 percent. they need me to you know come and deliver i always have to remind myself to control the controllables yeah i was having a conversation with somebody the other day who's like oh the weather tomorrow's gonna be so bad and oh, that's gonna affect this and how am i gonna i was like you can't control the weather there's no point worrying about the weather now it might change like it, we have to control the controllables so like what can be in place if that happens like, yeah how do we um feel prepared if that does happen pack a coat shut yeah. the fuck up <laughs> like it's like oh we booked a holiday but the forecast is terrible we'll make the most of it hang out in the hotel bloody games room or go to the quizzes or like you can't let it suck the life out of you and i'm saying that because i have let it suck the life out of me so like yeah that growth mindset is I think, as well as energy management, being really clear on your purpose, knowing why you do what you do, what like, why, what's the bigger picture here, and then always kind of having that as like uh, this is stealing someone's but always having it as your north star. So like, you wake up in the morning. Like for me today, I woke up, 
wasn't really feeling it. I was tired because I had a bad night's sleep. I knew I'd got to do 11 kilometer walk, then come to work. And I just, but my North Star around all of that was, well, I really want to fucking help people in, for various reasons. And me sitting here thinking the duvet is very inviting and I could just have an extra half an hour is not serving my purpose. And that's my growth mindset. Funnily enough, as I was sat there and I was, I was putting on my second pair of socks because I'm a hardcore walking expert now, apparently, um, I just had a flick on social media and someone someone posted yesterday, but I only saw it today, saying, oh, I managed to stay in bed till quarter past 11 today. It was lovely. And this was someone who reckons they're like a entrepreneurial legend and they're going to like really push people. Now, I'm not saying there aren't entrepreneurs out there that can get up at 11 start the day at 12 and work through till midnight and absolutely smash it, that they exist. But they're few and far between. And I just thought, yeah, I'm all doing all right here. Get get my shoes on, get out. Yeah, nice, nice. So something you kind of touched on there, um, and it's a phrase we don't tend to say in this office, but imposter syndrome or feeling like you don't deserve to be there, what's that? Well, a lot of people would say imposter syndrome isn't a thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, everybody would feel like they don't belong somewhere. You know, it's uh, it, we had this conversation yesterday. There's no yeah. growth outside your comfort zone. Yeah, and so you should feel like an imposter. Yeah, right? and to become, like, you're not born the master of anything. You've got to get there, and you will make mistakes along the way. So I saw a comedian a couple of weeks ago his name won't come to my head now but that doesn't matter and his whole set was about imposter syndrome and he said you know who doesn't get imposter syndrome and let's just say let's use imposter syndrome broad brush someone who's like feels nervous about the situation they're currently in he's like do you know who doesn't get imposter syndrome and uh he was like mad people that's one because they don't think they're mad and uh and the other the other person is imposters <laughs> imposters know they're an imposter so they don't get imposter syndromes uh and so his thing was because he always suffered with imposter syndrome he decided to become an imposter so he stood outside shops and greeted people into the shops even though he didn't work for those businesses and that was how he dealt with it and now he's built his confidence and he's a stand-up nice oh like, that's wicked like, yeah I'm really... be the imposter well and i i think i play that game a little bit where i'm like it's not fake it till you make it that's bollocks because you've got to be doing the work but i will go into rooms where i certainly feel like i don't deserve to be there i just keep showing up yeah because eventually it becomes the norm yeah and then you outgrow the room and then you find another room and do it all again and that's growth mindset that's and like you have to tell yourself that you deserve to be there and you do have value to bring even if it doesn't always feel like you, like you're never going to feel like the smartest person like you you never are there's always always going to be someone and who you, you perceive to be smarter than and you. you can learn anything from anyone so you have to be really careful because there are people in every room that don't say much that are fucking smart well often the people who say the least because they don't feel like they yeah they Part, have well, sometimes they regret being in the room they're so smart they're like I'm not saying shit in here you lot are talking rubbish <laughs> which is that's quite cool as well, but 
you never want to be the smartest person in the room because you won't be growing. And the other side of it is you should always be able to learn from others. So it's that, like, put yourself in the environment and see what happens. Yeah, I mean, like, me getting this job at Codebreak, I literally applied for the job because I knew I wanted to do it and walked in and said... I have absolutely no experience in marketing. There'll definitely be people that you interviewed that have better experience than me, but are, like nobody will work harder to to get to where I need to be. And you really did say that. Yeah, that's no lie. And you scared everyone else off in the team in the process. Yeah, we've, we've gone from uh, yeah. <laughs> so, Stevie. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but no, that, that's why you got the job. It was we were like fucking hell, and I'm not going to lie, I was a little bit scared. I was like. Because, I mean, this will sound creepy, but I don't mean it in a creepy way, but you came in dressed up because you've got to go to work straight after. We we had like a 7.30 in the morning interview, didn't we? Yeah. So you came in dressed up in your heels and gave it the big one, like like proper like tornado came in the office and gave it the big one. And as soon as you left, me and Andy looked at each other and were just like, fuck it now. Well, we need to offer her the job now and anyone else that was on the list need to think about opening up two positions because we were just like that's how you do it but I was shitting myself yeah and I think you always will be to an extent yeah I don't think like I have like I've gone on stage in front of some big audiences and I'm not like shitting myself but I'm certainly not like comfortable <laughs> it like it like the the absolute terror wears off for sure. Mm, yeah. You're not sure about that one? No. Uh, it does. Or it has. Maybe it doesn't for everybody. But within 30 seconds of speaking to the audience, I know I deserve to be there. But you don't know until then. And I think that might be the same in an interview situation. Once like a couple of your one-liners start to like... Bomb. Yeah, well, they didn't for you, so you don't know, do you? But well, I don't know, because it's like you're trying to read the room, aren't you, in an interview, but most of the time, nobody's given anything away. I don't think we gave you a hard time. I don't know, I feel like I've blocked that out of my mind. It's that bad. <laughs> I've had to compartmentalise that, it's gone. <laughs> nah, you're still here, can't have been that bad. So, yeah, it's interesting. And then I guess, like, the other side of this is... When people who are suffering with that kind of like comfort zone anxiety, imposter syndrome, whatever you want to call it, they're obviously really worried about failing or being rejected. But here at Code Break, like part of the growth of the company is embracing failure. Yeah. So, like, we have to test and measure everything we do. We have to push things so hard that they break sometimes. Like, you can't. Like a Formula One team doesn't become good at Formula One without pressure testing every part on the car. And we do that as individuals. We do that with our software. We do that with our campaigns all the time. Yeah, but like you also kind of need that fear, like a small hint of that fear to fail because you you don't, don't want care. to fail. Yeah, yeah, you don't want to fail and you've got to do everything in your power for that not to happen. Yeah. And like the biggest growth is from your failures um one of my favorite podcasts is by elizabeth day called how to fail and it's where people go on and they're like these are my three biggest failures in life and this is what opportunities came from those failures yeah yeah that's why i always ask people 
guests on this podcast, you know, what, what was what's the best mistake you ever made? Because when I fail, one of the ways that I process that failure, and I don't often feel like I fail anymore, even though loads goes wrong every day. Like That's just life. But when something feels like, fucking hell, that was a real failure, I'll write down everything I learned from it. And that is an absolute game changer. Because you've learned so much more than if you'd have succeeded. So, on that, then that starts to build resilience. Because you get used to not winning. And, you know, someone said to me once, how come, how come you're always, like, succeeding? And I said, for every time I, you see me succeed, I've failed a hundred times. But I'm just willing to fail more than you are. They were, and then like, it, was a, it was a friendly conversation. And then they said, well, why are you so willing to fail? And I said, well, because nothing can hurt me like I can hurt myself, so I've got nothing to lose. That is profound. And, yeah, we can put that on a quote card, that one. Um, <laughs> but they, um, but but it's true. No, No one can hurt me as much as I've hurt myself. So my level of resilience is high. But I'm willing to fail more than most people and because i fail fast most people don't notice those failures like i i because of how my mindset is i think i'll if i've had an idea i'll go away and pressure test that over a weekend and then by monday i figured out how to do it and i show everyone my success what they didn't see was the 14 15 16 17 20 hours i put in over the weekend fucking it up yeah or like, and I, there's things I I wouldn't do that I see other people do. So like, my friend's a downhill mountain biker, lives in Whistler, and he does like mental jumps and stuff on his bike. And I've seen him fail and like snap his arm, break his ribs, and I'm like, like, how'd you get back on the bike? Yeah, how'd you get back up on the bike? Because that must have physically really bloody hurt. And he was like, well, I won't do it next time because I know what I did wrong. Like, oh, that's epic. Yeah, that is epic. So, this one for you, Math. How did someone, considering everything we've just said, set themselves goals? <sighs> that is a big, big question. Well, you're setting yourself goals at the moment, right? Yeah. So, like, a dream without a goal is just a dream, yeah? So, like, people are like, ah, oh, like, okay, you're about to move into a new house. How did you go from not living in in that house to being on the cusp of living in it? Because lots of people think about it, but never do it. Yeah, okay. So I guess it's starting by making smaller goals that drive you towards the big picture. Yeah. Um, less going to the pub. Less going out for... Disposable getting, income. Yeah, less takeaways, whatever it takes to tick off to achieve the big goal yeah like countless emails admin but it's all worth it in the end yeah yeah but yeah that that's it is that you can't just focus on the end goal there has to be little wins in between that push you there um but like it's it's like not every day you're going to, it's like you're not going to reach 
a big milestone every day, but you've got to like enjoy the little wins and know what the big picture is. And that, that ultimately what you're doing is pushing you, pushing you there. Yeah. Brain, come on. I quite like the long pause. Sounds like you're about to say something really profound. Yeah. So So for me, like I set goals all the time, but like big ones at the start of this year were go to VCon, go to a sick new world festival in Las Vegas. Um, go to Mexico with Hannah, make sure Hannah gets to go scuba diving with sharks, grow code break past a certain financial point. Um, there was, uh, get, get the doors done on the house. Same stuff, but that's what both the back door and the front door need doing. And, God, that they're, is adulting. They're horrible, like PVC doors, but we live in a barn, so I'd like them to look like traditional barn doors. Um, office, office refurb. Yeah, that's loads. But like, I have like this list of things that I, that I want to achieve, and then I break it down into smaller chunks and just do it. Where I've got friends who are like, oh, I'd love, to, I'd love to go to America. Well, go to, go to America then. Oh, it's all right for you to say that. And Unless so, you're a convict. Well, yeah, that'd be tough, but the, these friends aren't my convict friends. <laughs> Not these ones. <laughs> yeah. So, um, it, and like, I'm just like, well, go to America. Oh, it's easy for you to say that. You're self-employed. What are you talking about? I have to work the whole time I'm there. Like, you can go, take a week off work, get paid for the privilege, it, and it, it's just the difference between dreams and goals. And I think a lot of people are like, oh, I'll never get to go to the Grand Canyon because I'd have to win the lottery. Well, I haven't won the fucking lottery. And I've been to the Grand Canyon. And that's not not a brag. I I earned it. But it's it's doable. I've come from nothing. You can do it. Anything you can imagine, you can have. You've just got to want it enough. Yeah, yeah. You've just got to want it enough and be willing to go through the pain it takes to get there. And that... And it's not pain like, like for anyone who's suffered trauma or abuse. It's not that kind of pain. It's not like it's it's more like niggly. It's more like being willing to go through the stresses that most people aren't and see it through. Where most where most people quit is where successful people start. Yeah, that was profound as well. We'll keep that. Yeah, yeah. Get that on a quote card. But like, if you, yeah, like if like if you want a peaceful existence and you want to just switch off every day at four o'clock it's going to be more difficult to reach your goals because yeah. you have to be willing to put in the work yeah beyond what perhaps you're being paid like like if you want to build a business but you're still working in your day-to-day job you've got to you know this good yeah. and can't stop and it's the un- clock understanding the mindset of leverage so, like, for me to achieve some of the things I've achieved, I had to employ people because I wanted to produce more, but I couldn't do it all myself. So, take a step back to take a step forward. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. So, like, what can I leverage to allow myself to achieve more? Employ people, merge businesses with Andy, get a cleaner so that I've got more time at home. Um, move away from owning cars to having a lease car so if anything goes wrong with it supposedly it's all sorted uh, but like various little things which which leverage time and leverage effort 
So I go from a grind mentality where the the more the harder I work, the more I achieve, to a growth mentality, which is the smarter I work and the smarter I can get other people to work for the same vision, the more I achieve. How did it feel like when you employed your first? My brother was my first employee. Was he? How yeah. did that? So work out? Uh, it didn't work out that well. Not he didn't do anything wrong. Um, and I, I knew, didn't know that. And I knew he wouldn't. So uh, my brother is probably the smartest person I know. And he's also he'd also hate to let anybody down. Like really hate to let anybody down. To the point where that is his driving force. The fear of letting people down. Um, and actually as an employer-employee dynamic. That wasn't healthy because I, he was suffering to help me. Yeah, and I did. You know, I had to say to him like, "If it's not worth it, it's not worth it. Like, let's just nip it in the bud." But he had the potential to be a monster. Like, he could have been unbelievable. So I, I got a taste for it then, when it was like, I can give all of this stuff to him, pay him X amount. You know, he's well rewarded for it. But it freed me up to go and get more of that stuff, and that where it twigged for me. So I used to like have like my business before I merged with Andy was very heavy on like websites and social media, and so there was always stuff to do. But if you're busy, too busy doing stuff, you're not growing. So I needed people who could come and do. So then Fergus came on after my brother, and then merged with Andy, and other members of the team came in, and then we realised some of that stuff actually wasn't what we felt passionate about. So we stopped doing like maybe like organic social and some of the website stuff that we were doing. And we've now we've like built a bit of a powerhouse that is very much leveraged on the fact that we all have to work together as a team. Did you see like like Codebreak becoming the powerhouse? It did, or did you have to work on that? Or it has, sorry, but did you have to work on that? Were there times where you like The vision for what Codebreak was meant to be versus what it is isn't is very different really originally so we were like we were quite local and local in our mindsets so it was like right we could really disrupt the Shropshire marketing scene by setting this up and I, I think even when you joined us a lot of our clients were still local businesses um so we were like yeah we can you know really make a dent and we did we did make a dent locally you know we've had like apprenticeship people come in and say oh yeah you're the ones we always compare competitors to and stuff and it's like oh that's cool but then when lockdown hit um no bones about it we nearly lost everything like literally you know I sold my house Andy and Emma had to do some pretty um creative financing let's say and it was fucking hard. And so Andy and I had a serious conversation where we were like, do we just become consultants, make a good living? And basically both of us went away, came back to each other and came back with the same answer. It was like, no, let's fucking take over the world. <laughs> nice. And, and and I don't mean that in like a Bond villain <laughs> way. It was just like, we're pretty good at this. And we've got a vision that other marketing companies don't have. Let's absolutely go for it and help as many people as we possibly can. And that's never relented. That's never gone away. Um, 
and it won't go away for me now. And it's, it's it's like a thankless task; it'll never be complete. But it's fun, and I like getting out of bed to do it. And it certainly keeps me in growth mindset, keeps me healthy. I think it's the same for Andy. I think it reflects on the team that, that like those of you that are on the bus is the phrase we use in our business are fully on the bus. So you're like, yeah. And like for you, like you, it's, it's, you're a cool example that we've used when talking to other employees, you've worked somewhere else. So when you've come here, you know, it's different. You're like, yeah, you don't get this in other places and the bosses aren't like talking this language. And that, that's quite a good thing where I think sometimes when someone comes here and they've never worked anywhere else, like the other day when I filmed someone else's office, it was very tactical. I was like, I'm going to film this office and show the team so they can see just how different our office is to a normal office because they don't know. Yeah, and you get used to like your surroundings. Don't yeah, you? you take it for granted. Yeah. And so it's like making sure people realise that like we're trying and not not we're going to do some mad shit and we already have and there's more to come nice cool i reckon we can wrap up there marf what would be what would be your big takeaway for growth mindset from this podcast or from being at coat break in general well whatever uh for me a non-negotiable is uh daily wins nice gotta do it i've gotta do it because it's so easy to be like today's been really hard it's taken me 10 years to get into this house you know, this is making me sad, but actually, like, there's so. So many on that wins. on that point, it is worth exploring that point before we wrap up. Most people, if I most normal people, and us included, if someone said ninety nine lovely things to you and one horrible thing, you'd remember the horrible thing. That's how we're wired because we're. Someone once said to me, "It's because we're cave people, and we're constantly looking out for the saber toothed tiger." So you remember the horrible shit because that's what keeps you safe. You're like, you're pessimistic for protection. And um, But what you're saying is that in any given day, maybe 20 lovely things happen and two bad things happen. It's very easy to fixate on the two bad things. But if you write down the 20 good things, it starts to shift your mindset. But even like I'll look back and be like, I forgot that happened. Or that's an amazing when that like had just, I would, never have given a second thought yeah like you've had two mega wins today two client catch-ups that have both gone really well but very easy to brush it under the table because you expect it of yourself yeah yeah so i have to that that's my biggest take because yeah i'm always working on my mindset i think i'm my worst most people are their the own worst enemy and i'm just lucky that i'm around you and andy all the time that, yeah you know, but the, big, the... the biggest person i have to get out of the way of is me. I thought you were going to say me. <laughs> no, but I have to get out. I have to get out of my own way all the time. The way you teeth that up, then. Well, sometimes you, <laughs> but but you have to get out your own way. What is yours? What's my biggest takeaway from this podcast or life? Either. The thing I said on this podcast that's going to stick with me is where most people give up is where successful people start. Put it on a quote card. I think I've stolen it. Oh. <laughs> but where most people give up is where successful people start. So that feeling, like it's, you know, it's been said in other ways, it's always darkest before the dawn. 
If you can push to that point where everyone else is quitting, there's a lot of reward on the other side of that. It might not be financial. It could just be impact. It could be inspiring others. But if you bring joy to other people, you watch how good that makes you feel. Like, game changer. What's the best way for people to get in touch? Um, you can visit our website, cobreak.co.uk. Awesome. Is it too, I like, we don't do www, like, are we too advanced in to be like... If they want to put www in, they can. Right. Or listen to the previous episode of this podcast. Yeah, same. All right. Catch you again, everyone. Take care. Bye.